You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. This episode brought to you by Get Upside. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first take. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson with you at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. The storylines keep churning in the reality show that is the NFL. We've got a response now from Dolphins owner Stephen Ross about the allegations and the lawsuit from Brian Flores, who accused Stephen Ross of asking him to tank in the 2019 season. A former Dolphins player chimes in about what it was like to be on that roster in 2019. And it is not, it is not Jim Harbaugh that will coach the Minnesota Vikings. It is Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell that'll be the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings when the Super Bowl is over. All that and more on today's program I think, Matt, we do have to start, though, with what's going on with the Miami Dolphins, right? And it's as the world turns, and we have a response from Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. And for those of you who don't remember the story from yesterday's show or haven't been following the NFL, Brian Flores said that not only did Stephen Ross want him to tank in 2019 and lose games, he was going to pay him $100,000 extra. (laughs) Her yeah. loss during the season. Of course, Ross is trying to deny this. And uh, he says he takes great personal exception to these malicious attacks. Quote, with regards to the allegations being made by Brian Flores, I am a man of honor and integrity and cannot let them stand without responding. I take great personal exception to these malicious attacks and the truth must be known. His allegations are false, malicious, defamatory, We understand there are medias stating that the NFL intends to investigate his claims and we will cooperate fully. I welcome that investigation and I am eager to defend my personal integrity and the integrity and values of the entire Miami Dolphins organization from these baseless, unfair and disparaging claims. What do you think? Do you think the emphatic uh, allegations by Brian Flores holds more credence here or the emphatic denial of Dolphins owner Stephen Ross? Well, I, I think a lot of listeners know that I'm pretty much football 24-7. I mean, like, when we after we record my free time, I'm listening to different podcasts, I'm reading articles, I'm watching tape, whatever. So since we got together last, I've heard a lot of different takes on this whole situation, which I was looking forward to because – Legal things certainly aren't my bag. You know, I mean, I want to hear people that know more about the situation than I do. And certainly, I mean, all the things being claimed aren't things that happen on the field that I know more about than others. So a couple takes just before we get to this that I wanted to just throw out there is I've heard a couple legal folks say when you read this complaint by Flores, I don't think complaint's the right word, again, I'm not a legal expert here, it doesn't hold much water because there's nothing you can really prove. You know, he's like claiming things, but if you look at it legally, there's not like, you know, he's not showing a lot of evidence, you know, I mean, in terms of proving his case. And I'm just talking about the court of law. 
he's probably right. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with him at all, but the way it's written up, it's not real advantageous to getting a lawsuit in your favor for winning in a court is what I mean by that. Also, I heard some other people talking that Flores could possibly hurt his case too, because he's really fighting two battles at once here. I mean, one battle is African-American coaches get the short end of the stick. Okay. You know, I, I agree with him, first of all, but that doesn't matter if I agree with him. But he's also fighting the battle of owners are trying to pay me to lose. Like, these are two huge fights. It's like when you play risk and you're trying to, you know, to battle both borders at the same time. Or, I mean, like, <laughs> right. trying to take on too much whenever you're conquering. And I wonder if, one, all these things are going to work against what he's trying to accomplish. But... I don't know what to take away from the Ross statements. I mean, I kind—I of, guess it's just expected. I mean, I didn't think he'd say, "No, I really offered him two hundred grand a loss." You know, I <laughs> yeah, he's like <laughs> you know. that would be funny too. Well, there is one, <laughs> and, cheap, and I think know? it was also NFL Network's Cameron Wolf who got that statement from Ross. I think uh, there was a report that there is somebody who can corroborate from the organization that overheard this. Brian Flores' statements. So there's at least one witness as far as like hard evidence. I think there is mm -hmm. somebody out there who is a witness to some of these conversations. So we'll see if, if that does it. But I, I think really, to your point. I'm sorry. What Kind of what I meant by that, though, was that, okay, you went and you had a meeting with Denver and you say they didn't take it seriously. That's not proof. That's just your opinion on the matter. Right, 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 right. Yeah, they showed up an hour late and they were drunk. I mean. All those things might be true, but a court's not going to be like, well, you didn't think they took it seriously, so yes. you win. You know what I mean? And unless, and all the teams will say, no, we interviewed him. Uh, sure, because that's what we always we, do. Right, and we, we considered him a candidate, and nothing was official with the coach we hired until after we interviewed this candidate so that, you know, there's no rules broken in the NFL because mm -hmm. you could find that out pretty easily timing-wise if, you know, if someone was told they got the job before they actually, you know, finished interviewing other people and they didn't, you know, uh, comply with the Rooney rule and all, and all these other things. So um, there there's some very minor things, but to be honest with you, I don't think that's what Brian Flores cares about. I don't think he's doing yeah, this yeah. to win a, a case in court. I think he's doing this to make stuff public and to affect change in, in a way. That's awesome. And yeah. so and and I think that is probably why he's just putting it all out there. He's like, look, here is everything that's going on, whether it's there's proof for it or not. This is this is the score. So I need this to be public. I need this to be talked about. And I think making it more public is probably a better way to change what's going on um and, and have more people care about it than if it was you know some court case that got pushed aside and got won secretly and somebody got some money under the table right or you know some settlement i, I don't think that's yeah. really what brian flores is looking for anyway so i don't think that even matters well said i think you're 100 right i mean it may not be about winning a court case because what's he really going to gain by winning it anyway it's just making the public and you know, shedding light on a situation <laughs> right. that's crappy. In the and look, right and now. Stephen Ross already lost because even if, right. you know, he wins a court case, if this even gets that far, and I have a feeling it won't get that far, this is public. The Miami Dolphins are forever the team that tanked in the public. Like, this is out there. So, so Stephen Ross, an emphatic denial of things. I don't think that matters anymore. We will always remember Stephen Ross. The, my mind will, when I hear Stephen Ross, I'll think about the owner that tried to pay his coach to lose forever. Yeah, yeah. And... I know this isn't exactly what we're talking about, but, you know, Hugh Jackson comes out and says pretty much the same thing about his time in Cleveland. Oh, can we and, uh, can, can we talk a little bit about that really quick? 
Yes, please. I've got, I more, a... I've got some more Miami Dolphins stuff as well because they're still looking for a new head coach, by the way, and this has to affect right. that search. Do you remember, and I'm sure you do, because this game was against the Pittsburgh Steelers, the final week of 2016, the Hugh Jackson Browns against the Steelers was the most ridiculously blown game I've ever seen by a football team, which was the Browns, who Hugh Jackson is now saying he was told to lose games, and that earned them the number one pick in the draft, which ended up being um, Miles Garrett in the 2017 draft. You watched yep, that yep. game. That game was against the Steelers. There was a fumble at the goal line. Isaiah Crowell just had to step into the end zone and win the game for the Browns. Oh, yeah. And I do remember he that. fumbled okay. that away. The game goes into overtime. The Browns again are down at the two-yard line. They end up losing 14 yards from that point, settle for a field goal, and then the Steelers come back and end up winning that game. That was, you know, me covering the 49ers at the time, and that was just when I had taken over the Locked On 49ers podcast, by the way, uh, you know, um, right at the beginning of that 2017 Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch era. And so that was sort of the beginning of this coverage for me. And uh, it was was the 49ers or the Browns that were going to end up with the first pick. And if the Browns won that game, the Niners would have had Miles Garrett. That was one of the – and I didn't put it together until I thought about it later after hearing Hugh Jackson's comments. Was that a tank job? You watched that game. It felt like a tank job. And I would have never thought that, oh, yeah, no, an NFL team's not actually going to tank. But now – Maybe I'm having second thoughts about whether that actually was a tank job by the Cleveland Browns in the 2016 season. There was a lot at stake, like you said. I mean, Miles Garrett's a, a big deal to add to your roster. The Browns ended up well. with Miles Garrett instead of, I don't know, probably Mitch Trubisky with the second pick. And right? you guys got Solomon Thomas, right? Yeah, we, and the Niners moved back with the Bears and got Solomon Thomas, right? Yeah. Right. And maybe the Bear, the Browns weren't. I mean, he was clearly the best player in that draft. Oh, I mean, that, that, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, he's better than you know, Thibodeau and, and Hutchinson. Because remember, the Browns had the 10th pick also that year. And the, the conversation was that the Browns also need a quarterback. And if they did get a quarterback, it would be with that pick or it'd be trading up maybe in the draft from 10 to get a pick. But number right, one was right. going to be Miles Garrett no matter what. It wasn't going to be one of the quarterbacks. Okay. Interesting. Because the next year they took Baker. And yeah, maybe that is going on. I mean, I didn't plan on going down this road. But let's say Hugh Jackson is trying to lose that game, hypothetically, you know, late in the game. He doesn't tell his quarterback not to score or his running back to fumble or I mean I, you could put I the wrong guys out there you could right. screw you could make it a hindrance but you're not going to tell a player hey pretend like you took a sack here and fumble it out of the end zone you know or you know that, those type of things Most tank jobs are you know not obvious you're not trying to lose games you're just cleaning house on your roster you're, you're fixing mm-hmm. your cap situation you're trading guys away getting more draft picks and you end up with not a great team and you lose a lot I'm of fine games with that. but you're not yeah right exactly it's a natural way to you're 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 doing something to win later and you're not actually you're still trying to do as good as you can on the field and and do all the right things there um it wouldn't it be better though if you were an owner or and you wanted to put 100k in an envelope instead of going to the head coach and because that coach is going to get fired, wouldn't you want to go in week 17 to the running back and say, hey, why don't you fumble it? And the there's kicker. an envelope in your locker after the game, right? I, want, I mean, yeah. it, if, you're gonna, if you're willing to pay a coach, you're probably willing to pay a player. And 100 k for a 22-year-old might speak a lot more than 100 k for a coach whose reputation's on the line. Right, who would never coach again if he took it. And especially, 
I mean, let's, I'm not making, uh, I'm bringing up the Ernest Johnson just because he hasn't made a lot of money in this right. league. I'm not saying he's a shady character, but there's games that he started due to injury. You know, he's a perfect guy to pay off. You, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. I mean, how about your long snapper? Hey, on a key field goal, fire it over the, 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 the punter's head or the holder's head. You know, a kicker that's made very little money in the league. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, push it a little right, you know? Right, yeah. I mean, that you might even have a better chance of losing that way than a coach. I mean... Absolutely. Uh, How many games I, are, are within one score? And if you were, say, uh, a, a, a long snapper or holder and you drop the ball and not only do you not make a field goal, but then the other team picks it up and maybe scores, right? You could, oh, seal, you could seal half the games in the NFL by just that one play. That could be a 10-point swing on special teams kick, you know, bad snap, uh, uh, you know, punter just drops it and gets killed. You know, so these so are, many ways you could do it. Th- it's a pretty serious thing that the NFL, and there's people who, and I've, you know, it's always funny, it's like conspiracy theories. You'll see people on Twitter say, oh, the NFL's rigged. And it's like, yeah, come on. And like, you don't even respond. But then it's like, mm-hmm. the NFL needs to make sure that people don't actually think start thinking that. That would be the worst thing for the league. Right. You know, I mean, again, it's all about, the sports integrity to me. I don't think they're going against the integrity of the league. If the ownership and front office decides we're going to trade our assets and put a bad team out there with the intentions of not winning games. But if it gets to the coach and player level where they're intentionally trying to lose games, that should be ban you for life type stuff. I mean, honestly, right. shoeless Joe Jackson type thing, you know, <laughs> right. throwing games type thing. I mean, that's playing against the integrity of the league because, you know, you use that Browns example. The Steelers don't deserve a free win because the other team's dogging it. They're trying to lose. You know, you, you, you screw the balance of power. You screwed out your Niners. You know, you screw the, the Ravens if the Steelers happen to get a win there that, you know, would have put them over in the, in the standings. And, I mean, obviously, it's a terrible road to go down. Um, I had something else on it. Oh, so <laughs> I'm making a joke here, but. Are all the terrible coaches in history going to start coming out like <laughs> I would have? I would have won so many more games <laughs> if they didn't pay me off. Yeah, you know, I, I was trying to lose. That's why I was two and fourteen that year. Right. We need to hear this story from the Lions right, right, in right, two thousand four. Right. Yeah, whatever. Right. Um, man, the winless Lions. You know? And both of those I stories. What's crazy about both these stories? It's not the it's not the GM trying to you know get a better pick. Uh, it's it's the ownership. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wow. and they have all the power in this league, folks. We t- we tell you this all the time. Yeah. All right. So I, I don't think this is even in in the cards. But remember last year when the Eagles took Jalen Hurts out of the game and put Sudfeld in at the end. You know, like <laughs> dude, that that was, was yeah. like as close to tanking as you can get and making it pretty obvious. The yeah. game meant nothing to them except draft position. You know. Right. Yeah. And again, I don't have that much of a problem with. Uh, I mean. You're not trying he's to fight a bunch of injuries. Keep him safe. You know, you that's know fine, play, but... he's on your roster. Play your players, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, unless you're clearly making a move to lose the game. If you're just playing a player that's on your roster, that's one thing. Um, if you are pulling strings to to lose the game, you know, and, and you're calling the game wrong. If you're uh, asking players to do things that would lose the game for you. Okay. Speaking of players, there's a player that spoke out about this. 
I got one more thing at you. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, we, we, I, I've mentioned this on the podcast a ton of times because everyone knows Mario Lemieux is my favorite athlete ever. I'm sitting here looking at a signed picture of his. So in 1984, the Penguins and the Devils were competing for the first overall pick. And Lemieux would be the first pick in any draft ever, ever, ever. He's like LeBron. So my pens for like the last month of the season brought up a, quote, prospect goalie who couldn't save a damn thing. <laughs> Is that wrong? It's pretty bad. Uh, yeah, you, there's a fine line, right? Right. Um, he stunk. He wasn't like a good young prospect. And that's you know, kind of, yeah. I, it, it can't creep to the coach player field level. If it was the GM that says, here's the roster coach. He is, right. Then we're calling up this kid. He's your goalie. He just happens Sorry. to be terrible and can't stop a thing. Right. And I'm sure, even if, let's say it was ownership in Pittsburgh back in the day, 1984. Right, right, right. It was ownership and the GM and the coach and the goalie. They all got in the room and was like, hey, we're going to lose this game. We need Mario Lemieux. Would yeah. would Because they would leave town. I mean, right. he would, saved the franchise. Would Penguins fans even be mad about that? Oh, no, we're all thrilled. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I didn't care about hockey until the day they drafted Lemieux. Right. So uh, there's that, too, which is why maybe you might want to try to, because if you if you end up with, okay, the, speaking of that, if you end yeah, up yeah. with the number one overall pick, who are you even drafting that year? Because it was Tank for Tua, but does Burrow end up being the first pick? We've got a player that spoke out about the 2019 Dolphins. Oh, yeah, and the Dolphins amidst all this are still looking for a head coach. We'll get into that as well, and the new coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Next. NFL fans, there is an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about, and it is called Get Upside. Our listeners are earning cash back for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app from the App Store, Google Play, wherever you get your apps right now, and use promo code TOUCHDOWN for $0.25 cents per gallon or more on your first fill up cash back don't pay full price at the pump anymore get cash back with get upside it's super easy you open the app or you look at the map you say i'm gonna get gas there it's probably the place you're gonna get gas anyway and you claim your cash back it's easy you go fill up get gas and that cash back goes right into your account it's free money into your bank account for doing something you are already going to do like get gas Cash out anytime. No catch whatsoever. It goes right into your GetUpside account. Then you can cash out to your bank account, PayPal, e-gift card, Amazon card, other brands, whatever card you want. Give a gift to somebody with the cash back you get or just buy more free gas with that cash back. With the GetUpside app, use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get $0.25 cents or more per gallon back on your first tank. That's promo code TOUCHDOWN with the GetUpside app. All right, speaking of those 2019 Miami Dolphins, let's go here with this first. There is a gentleman by the name of Tabor Pepper, who is the long snapper now for the San Francisco 49ers. He was the long snapper for the Miami Dolphins in 2019. And on Wednesday night on Twitter, he started tweeting about some of this stuff and then deleted these tweets because of the response he got and maybe just decided, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay out of this whole thing because I'm just a, a long snapper and my, my football career might be very short and I don't want to stir any pots. Sure. But Tabor Pepper, before the, these tweets are, you know, even when you delete tweets, someone catches them in this situation. So this is what Tabor Pepper said about that 2019 season with the Miami Dolphins. He said, 
Finding out that this was possibly happening while I was playing makes me absolutely sick to my stomach. 2019 was the worst year of my entire life. I had never thought about quitting football until that season in Miami. I've been filled with rage since I learned about this. He goes on to say, I've been quiet about my experience in Miami and still probably won't go into details until my football career is over. Knowing that my employer was actively trying to sabotage the season again makes me sick to my stomach. Where is the integrity? Don't get it twisted. I wasn't a fan of Flo, meaning Brian Flores, either. So it's not like I'm taking sides. That entire experience was miserable, and I wouldn't wish my experience on my worst enemy. That's all I have to say on the issue. And he ended up deleting that. So this is a long snapper on the team. This isn't the starting quarterback or anything. So he probably doesn't have that much, um, you know, you know, he's not but in meetings every know. day with the head coach and everything. So not only is he sick to his stomach about the entire experience, and this is a guy trying to fight for his football life in 2019. And and uh, there's a there's this famous tweet that Tabor, he's a, he's very good on Twitter, too, which is why uh, he's a good follow. And, and I, I like reading his tweets and why I saw this mm-hmm. stuff. Um, he tweeted out one thing, which is a huge list of his his NFL career transaction list. And it's only two, three seasons long. And it is like four pages of try out with this team, try out with this team, try out with this team, practice training squad, camp, yeah. cut, cut, practice squad, cut, try out, cut, try out, try out, try out, cut, cut. And then finally he is now stuck with the San Francisco 49ers. And he actually tried out with the Niners like three other times too. spent some time with the Dolphins. And uh, so he's been on half the rosters in the league already. And he's you know, 24 years old or whatever. Um, so he's been around. He's been around, but yeah. He wanted to quit football. He he went through all that to fight for his football life, and he wanted to quit. It was so bad in 2019. And he's not even – he's like Flores – he said, I wasn't a fan of Flores either. So he hated the organization. He hated his time there, and he hated the coaching staff. I mean, it's just all bad. So And, and there is an angle to this where Flores – this is where the Flores part doesn't come out looking great because it's like, well, is this guy just mad that he got fired? And is he really a pain in the ass? And that's why they fired him in the first place, you know? So is this just I bet like, he is. Yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> so is Harbaugh and so is right. Belichick. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of pains in the asses out there. Exactly. Exactly. Um, um, so, and I, mean, I don't know if you have anything to add on the on the Tabor Pepper stuff, but I thought that was really Not really. I, I mean, these aren't direct quotes, and, it's, and, and Minka didn't say the same thing. But he kind of had the same tone and implied a lot when he came here to Pittsburgh yeah. that, you know, the competitive Bama Saban guy just couldn't be in that environment and mm-hmm. just despised it all. You so know, there's and, something there's something to it. So Flores doesn't just cruise through this like uh, like a, an angelic figure either. <laughs> no, I'm sure he's highly unlikable and hard to work with, yeah. as are many very good coaches. But he actually made, had them win games. Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, hard that's, to do. That's one thing that's like, look, he, he won more games than they wanted him to. He, a couple questions here when it comes to the Dolphins now. One, so they do go, let's say they do lose the games, and they go 0-16. They earn the first pick in the draft. Did they draft Tua, or do they draft Joe Burrow in that draft? Because this was the tank for Tua year. What are you tanking for unless you saw that prize, which at the time wouldn't have been Joe Burrow yet? Well, true. I mean, you were tanking for Tua, but this time of year you'd be like, well, Burrow just set yeah, the NCAA <laughs> like, well, on fire. Never mind about I think the two thing. With Burrow. Yeah, so Burrow would be uh, a Miami Dolphin right now. Yeah, I mean, all the draft nicks, all the people in the know had Burrow. Would Brian over Tua? Would Brian Flores and the Miami Dolphins be getting ready for a Super Bowl with Joe Burrow right now? Not instead of the, all this. 
not if the culture still has that much toxicity to it. Not without Tabor Pepper long snapping. No, they need that part too, right? <laughs> uh, okay, and now how about this? So now you are the one of the two finalists. It's been reported. That's what's that, interesting. And they're flipping to the offensive side of the ball. They had a defensive coach. They're going to go to the offensive side of the ball right now. And I wonder if in these interviews, if the two candidates, which are 49ers offensive coordinator Mike McDaniel and Dallas Cowboys offensive coordinator um, Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. Yep. Those are the two finalists getting second interviews, and those are the only second interviews we've heard so far yet for the Miami Dolphins job, both offensive guys. I wonder if them in interviews said, oh, yeah, I like Tua, we can win with Tua. And there's some similarities. It was like Tua's, I've called Tua before a left-handed Jimmy Garoppolo, so I could see how Mike McDaniel would say, mm, like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, we can run a lot of the same stuff, you know, quick passing game stuff that we did in San Francisco, and let's run the ball and get some offensive linemen, and we can win with Tua. I could see that being plausible. Um but Don't if, you think it's also kind of interesting that both those candidates are young, nerdy, um, offensive guys that probably are a year away from being a year away? Yes, right. And that's the feeling I've always gotten from Mike McDaniel. And, you know, Kellen Moore, I think, has just been out there a little bit more just because he was a player and, you know, with the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. And, um, but, right, yeah, they seem like the guy who's concocting stuff behind the curtain more so than I'm out front, I'm a head coach guy you know, raw, 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 let's go win a game, run through a wall right. type of guys. Yeah. Um, but very different than Flores, than Flores right? So it, it, they're obviously yeah. trying to change something philosophically with uh, the way the team is is coached. But if you are Mike McDaniel, I, I, Matt, or you are Kellen Moore, do you, do you say, ah, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, I'm not going to jump into this organization if you're asking coaches to lose games on purpose. Like, to, it has to affect them, right? But it's only one of 32 jobs. Maybe you never even get that shot again to be a head coach in the NFL. That's yeah, I mean, that, that's why I think that they're – that's why I kind of brought that up is maybe the top frontline guys that are ready aren't interested in being in that organization because they believe the stories or have heard them from numerous people too. I mean, you yeah, think – I mean, there were – over the course of that year, your, your long snapper guy, you know, I forgot his name, sorry. Um, Tabor Pepper. Pro- Put some respect yeah. on Tabor Pepper's name. I know, I know. I mean, there were probably <laughs> 65 players that were Miami Dolphins that year, and 40 of them are scattered around the league now telling stories of how much they hate it. So, <laughs> right. I mean, it's like a sewing circle of old ladies. I mean, everyone knows everything about these things. Oh, so, and, and there was... Uh, Brian Flores in three years had four offensive coordinators too, right? So you right. can bet some fired offensive coordinators are probably talking around the league and they might have things to say about both Flores and Steven Ross and maybe they have some knowledge about some of these things that went on. So yeah, yeah. it's not like these are secrets. We're hearing about a lot of this stuff, but uh, I bet a lot of this rumor and they stuff all was know, yeah. all around the league already. So um, some candidates might not even have taken the first interview. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. You know, I mean, on paper, this looks like a decent job. I mean, the um, the division doesn't look unbelievably hard. There's some good young pieces. If you're a two a believer, OK, but it kind of has that feel of the Texans last year where it's tarnished and you're just going to have to find someone that's frankly underqualified or not qualified yet in their career to take it. And that's going to translate probably to the field, probably poorly, you know, but I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of people would be like, no, nah, I'm not interested. I mean, if at any point you tried to lose games or paid people to lose games, that's a, a stink in the organization that I'm going to have a hard time scrubbing off. Absolutely. 
Next, Matt, let's talk about Jim Harbaugh returning to Michigan, and it is Rams offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell that will be the next head coach for the Minnesota Vikings. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march toward the big game. Bet Online remains the best spot for all your sports scores, news, not only football either. It's not always about, I know for a lot of our listeners, it's about football all the time. But Bet Online has up to the minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, live real time updates of current games. As well, and casino games. You, know, you want to play a little poker and blackjack while you're waiting to find out if you made some cash on one of the games going on? Well, you can do all of that at Bet Online. Don't wait to take advantage of all the new and amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet Online, where the game starts. The ever increasing makes and models, it's pretty much impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need for your specific vehicle why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning you know is your odyssey an lx or an ex um there's a question about my mazda cx5 they always ask me and i always forget what the answer was i don't even remember what kind of what what version of what i've even got And, and you're waiting for the person behind the counter that is looking at a screen that you can't see and they're only gonna offer you the brands that their warehouse happens to carry and they might not have your part at all uh you have computers at your Fingertips, they can access rockauto.com at home or even in your pocket. So save time and money using Rock Auto. Don't spend that extra 30, 50, even 100% more on chain store parts or at the car dealership when you can get it at rockauto.com. For example, for that Honda Odyssey I mentioned earlier, fuel pump at a chain store, you're looking at 350 bucks. You can get it for $216, the same part at rockauto.com. So go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck. You can write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. As the NFL turns, Matt, uh, a little bit of a, I think, a curveball. I I thought Harbaugh on signing day going to interview and and actually doing the in-person interview thing, I thought that meant that conversations were had contracts were figured out over the phone and via fax and and whatever else I, harbaugh i feel like is a fax guy right more so than a docusign guy um and <laughs> probably yeah and i thought it was a done deal jim harbaugh to the minnesota vikings and as it turns out no jim harbaugh according to adam schefter called michigan to inform the school that despite interviewing with the vikings he's returning to michigan for the 2022 season and a source told espn that michigan was elated to get harbaugh's decision and see him return and then reports followed that the minnesota vikings are zeroing in on according to tom pelissero rams offensive coordinator kevin o'connell as their head coach sources tell pelissero and ian rapaport the deal can't be finalized until after the super bowl because those rams and kevin o'connell are in the super bowl so what do you think no harbaugh and it's actually kevin o'connell that will be the head coach of the minnesota vikings i had a couple things on this one and one of them really isn't an analysis of O'Connell. I, I, I mean, I, I remember him coming out of school. He was a quarterback for the Patriots, bounced around the league a little bit, and he's been coaching ever since. And he has some good pedigree in terms of who he's coached with. But I don't know his traits as a man, as a leader, and I'm not going to pretend to. However, um, I do find it interesting. If you recall a couple days ago, 
my conspiracy theory of Harbaugh to Miami, who's a Michigan alum, he was just using Minnesota to say, hey, the league's going to take your head coach anyways. Why don't I take him to Miami? And I won't look like the bad guy of, you know, um, pillaging my alma mater of the Michigan Wolverines. But since then, there's been some stink around Miami, and Harbaugh might be like, I never was interested in Minnesota to begin with, which I never thought was a great great fit for him. I want to go to Miami with my guy, but not anymore after all this nonsense. <laughs> I think uh, I, I, that was that's really good, and I wonder if maybe there could have been that possible angle, and again, Harbaugh being one of those coaches that now the Dolphins can't get, and maybe they could have possibly uh, before. Right. Um, he, I mean, he can write his ticket. Why would he take like, that job? I almost feel like Harbaugh's the type of guy just that he wanted to make the Bears sweat, maybe, you know? Because uh, there were there oh, were conversations yeah. behind the scenes similar to with the Vikings with the Bears. And I guess the maybe, according to our guy, um, Lauren Cox and stuff he heard, we had Lauren Cox on the show from Locked On Bears, and, you know, there's been, there was conversations. Like, the Bears called Harbaugh and Harbaugh's folks, and I think maybe the, the ask was astronomical, maybe, and I don't... You know, I don't know how those conversations went, but I wonder if Harbaugh was like, all right, well, I'm going to go talk to the Vikings just to make you sweat. And maybe I'll coach against you, Chicago Bears, if you don't want me, Mm -hmm. you don't want to pay me to come back. Uh, And I did see some really funny uh, stuff on Twitter from some fans saying, yeah, uh, in the end, Harbaugh just didn't want to lose to Justin Fields anymore like he did at Michigan (laughs) and Ohio State. I thought that was kind of funny. That's Um, good. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, Jim Harbaugh. I don't know. The Vikings always seemed like a patsy to me. Period. I just, you know, all the things we heard about what they want from that job didn't really fit the Harbaugh mold. Yeah, all the and all I the looked, stuff about a collaborator and right, Harbaugh doesn't collaborate with anybody. Yeah, and my last note is, and this is from personal experience, and I don't think signing day at the college levels changed all that much in the last, you know, 18, 20 years since I was there. But the head coach not to be in the building on national signing day is unbelievably odd. I mean, that's like, you know, the owner or the GM not being there for the first round of the draft, you know, like it's, <laughs> yes. it, 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 that's very important. You're calling those young men that are 17 years old, congratulating them that they are now officially Wolverines and we can't wait to do this. And you're talking to their moms and dads, you know, you're there. And maybe that was a, a long day for Harbaugh where he did, you know, it was not that far of a trip from Michigan to, uh, to Minnesota, so maybe he did get back and had a long night of, of talking to parents and kids, and and Face maybe that's why he had to get it done maybe, by yeah. Wednesday. I don't know. Interesting. I don't know. But and, and him if you're not Michigan, to be there on National Signing Day for the Michigan football team is crazy. If you're Michigan now, are you just going to go through this every year? And like, was Harbaugh going to go to the NFL again? Like that, that's not the greatest situation, right? Or is this just right, him right. holding it over their head and, and trying to get big money? I, I, I that I don't know. I yeah. mean, it just it makes recruiting hard. If I mean. You know Ohio State's going to be like, oh, you're going to go sign with them? Well, he's not going to be there next year. We'll wait to talk more about Kevin O'Connell when this deal becomes official and after the Super Bowl, and we can talk about what kind of a fit that is, and and we'll hear from him as new head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. But you do have some insight to uh, some assistants that are getting a job around the league. Luke Getze has been uh, stolen away from the Green Bay Packers, and apparently Aaron Rodgers was not happy, and he actually begged Green Bay to stop quarterbacks coach Luke Getze from leaving but leaving, he did, and Luke Getze is now going to be the offensive coordinator for the Chicago Bears, and you have some intimate knowledge of Luke Getze. Yeah, and I often talk about how talking about assistance is hard because if you don't know him, it's difficult. But 
I know Luke, and you know, here's what I know about Luke is Luke was Luke and I got the pit at the same time. So I did not recruit him. I recruited the the year after him's worth of players, but he came in the same year as Larry, actually, you know, come to think of it. And he grew up in Munhall, PA, and went to Steel Valley High School, which is where all the mills were. I mean, that is steel, you know, old school, tough ass Steelers. Uh, probably a many of the fathers he grew up knowing were steel workers, you know, in the seventies, you know, and he comes to Pitt and couldn't get the starting job. You know, it took a year or two and he hung in there. He's a great kid. I remember him as a kid. He was 17, 18 when I met him and hung with him. And as people know, after my three years at Pitt, we went to Akron with uh, the wide receiver coach from Pitt, JD Brookhart. And the first thing we did was we got Luke to transfer to Akron with us because we loved him. And he was a good player. He was just stuck behind some other quarterbacks that, you know, the, the team liked better. And then Luke followed Charlie Fry, if you remember that name. He got drafted by yeah. the Browns when I was with the Browns. Coincidentally. Yeah. And um, Luke was the, the quarterback at Akron after Charlie. And I, I'm just proud of him. And it's awesome that he's gotten this far because he really has the mentality, the toughness the work ethic to be a tremendous coach, smart as could be. So it's been a long time since I hung with Luke, but I do have experience with him when he was a player and a kid, you know. Cool. So it sounds like a good hire. You know, defensive head coach there in Chicago, you've got to have a guy to run the offense. And he's worked with Aaron Rodgers, and he's worked with Matt LaFleur. And Aaron Rodgers clearly liked Luke Getze, and he gets the Matt Williamson stamp of approval. So, all right. Absolutely. Good hire, hire Chicago Bears. Way to go, Luke. All right, we're out of time here. Good stuff. Uh, What a wild league we're covering here, Matt, on a daily basis. But I think it's time to talk a little draft to end the week. Senior Bowl going on. Uh, I have all week, man. Yeah, I have a little uh, a little thing in my mailbox that is titled "My First Mock Draft" from Matt Williamson. That I think we should get into it sometime uh, very soon here as we get ready for the Super Bowl, Senior Bowl this weekend. We'll talk draft on tomorrow's podcast. Uh, back next week to start previewing more of the Super Bowl and continue to talk draft and no doubt have some crazy stories that we didn't even see coming yet that we will be covering next week as well. But tomorrow, let's talk NFL draft. Thanks for making us your first listen, by the way, every single day. For your second listen, check out Matt doing Locked On Dynasty football here on the network. I'm doing Locked On 49ers every day. Your team is covered here on the Locked On Podcast Network for free and all of your favorite podcast apps. Matt and I back tomorrow right here, Peacock and Williamson.